You are listening to the Hiking Radio Network, where we talk the walk with shows by hikers about hikers for everybody. I'm wondering if you'd go wandering with me through the wilderness and woods to where the winds are blowing free through the darkness of the night heading toward the Welcome to the Jester Section Hiker Podcast with the spotlight on section hikers. And I'll spread the word and you beat the drum. We'll round up the troops and get the gang to come. And we'll leave the streets and these neighborhoods head over the river. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. You are listening to Jester Section Hiker, the premier podcast with the spotlight on section hikers. And I'm your host, Julie Jester Gayhart. I wanted to start off the show by giving a shout out and thank you to Leo McGonigal, who was a guest on episode number 21 of the podcast. If you'll remember on that episode, we talked about his awesome trail dog, Bella. Leo sent me something I can take with me each time I go out hiking, actually inspired by Trail Dog Bella. Thanks, Leo and Bella. I really appreciate it. The spotlight this week goes to section hiker and section biker Vince LoGreco. Part of my overall goal for this podcast is to feature section hikers from all 11 National Scenic Trails. And so far, including today's episode, I have had a variety of guests featuring nine of the 11 National Scenic Trails. I am excited to share my talk with Vince today about his section hiking and biking of the Potomac Heritage National Scenic Trail. Before we hear from Vince, here's some information about the Potomac Heritage Trail as stated on the National Park Service website. The Potomac Heritage National Scenic Trail has something for everyone. History, nature, recreation, wildlife, and conservation are all themes that find a home within the trail network. Pick your region, your experience, and enjoy the journey. From the mouth of the Potomac River at the Chesapeake Bay to the Allegheny Highlands of Pennsylvania, the Potomac Heritage National Scenic Trail lets us experience a rich variety of land and waterscapes. The National Scenic Trail incorporates 710 miles of existing and planned trails managed by federal, state, local, and nonprofit entities. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the podcast, and now on to my interview with section hiker Vince LaGreco. All right, you guys, welcome back to the podcast, and please welcome with me Vince LaGreco. Thanks for joining me today, Vince. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know what, Vince? I should have asked you how to pronounce your last name before uh, I introduced you. So did I say that correct? Yes, you did. Lo Greco, Italian for the Greek. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And you guys uh, briefly heard in my introduction that Vince, yay, is the first section hiker and I'm going to call section biker that is out putting some miles on the Potomac Heritage National Scenic Trail. So thank you, Vince, for being my uh, first victim on the podcast, talking about the Potomac Heritage Trail. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into that, um, I've got a few questions to ask you, maybe a little bit bit about your background that intrigues me a little bit uh, before we get into the hiking. So on your Instagram, you say that you are a cartoonist. And I just think that is the coolest thing. So tell us a little bit about being a cartoonist and, and kind of what you do with that, if it's a hobby or. Uh, yeah, mostly it's a hobby. Uh, I, I do uh, a couple of different things. I do a single panel comic strip and uh, as well as a a three to four panel strip uh, with, with recurring characters as well. But uh, it's mostly just humor that I find in the world around me and I draw it down Uh haven't been doing it as much as I'd like to these days, but uh, due to uh, work, uh, when I used to have an office job, I was able to draw it on the on the clock. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that work it kind of gets in the way of a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, but now that I'm out on the road uh, repairing copier machines, I uh, I can't uh, 
exactly pull up my tablet uh, when I have downtime and draw. So, well, I think that is so cool. I've never actually met a cartoonist, and I love good old fashioned cartoons. So, I'd love to see some of your work. Another thing that I saw as I stalked you on your Instagram, um, and he's smiling, by the way. So, (laughs) (laughs) is um, you are a Cub Scout leader, and you just told me your grand Pumbaa role with the Cub Scouts and your daughter is also a Cub Scout, which I love. So talk to us about that. Uh, Yes. She's one of the uh, first three uh, girls in my uh, Cub Scout pack uh, to, uh, to join. Uh, We've already crossed one over to Scouts BSA, but uh, uh, we have a uh, Weeblo right now. And my daughter is a uh, bear scout. Uh, She started off as a tiger uh, the first year that they uh, had it available for girls to join the Cub Scouts. Uh, I, I just love that. And I love that picture of you. You have several pictures of you or her on Instagram with your uniforms on. And and I just love that. And another thing I'd loved is uh, during COVID, when the, when the first initial things were happening with COVID last spring, you guys had what you called a virtual camporee where you literally turned your living room or your basement into like this camping village with a tent and all this stuff. So talk to us what that event was and why you guys put that on. It was actually an event put on by our uh, our council, which uh, is the organization in charge of our, our area. It's the Chester County Council. Uh, they decided to have a virtual campery. Uh, so they had a bunch of uh, different sessions on Zoom and whatnot for the Cub Scouts to attend, like a scavenger hunt. And uh, and then they encouraged you to uh, take a hike or uh, camp in a tent, uh, have a fire and all this stuff, uh, and then hashtag it on uh, Instagram for them. And then they ended the night with a traditional campfire ceremony like they do at Scout Camp, uh, except they did it all through Zoom. And uh, it was a, a big, uh, fun fun thing. It had skits and everything like that. Oh, that is great. And how did your uh, daughter like it? Oh, she loved it. Uh, she's looking forward to the one that they're going to do in February here. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Vince, tell us the truth. How long did that tent stay up in the living room? Uh we took it down the next day. Uh, oh, but, I thought yeah. you were going to say at least till like July. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it wasn't raining, uh, it was back out in the yard, but. <laughs> <laughs> Even better place for it. So yeah. I, I just thought those three things were great. I've never met a cartoonist, um, a, a young lady being in the Cub Scouts. I, I think that's amazing in the, in the things that they learn and all that wonderful stuff at the virtual camporee, but let's get back to this Cubs or the uh, Boy Scouts. Was that a part of your background as a kid and all that stuff growing up? And is that what kind of led you to hiking? Uh, Yes. Uh, We didn't do much hiking in the Scouts, but we did do a lot of camping and uh, we did kayaking, river rafting, things like that. Uh, In fact, we did some of it along uh, what's some of the Potomac Heritage Trail. Uh, We kayaked the Yakagani River. Uh, which flows alongside the trail for a good bit uh, in Ohio Pile. And uh, we used to do a river cleanup there every year as one of our service projects. And then the uh, river rafting company would let us go do a kayaking trip later in the year uh, for free as a thank you. But we would camp at their campground and things like that. Uh, But uh, I'm actually an Eagle Scout uh, out of Troop 1305 in Cannonsburg was where I... uh, Cannesburg, Pennsylvania is where I was in the Scouts. And what was your Eagle Scout final project? I love seeing those Eagle Scout projects, by the way, the bridges, the benches, you know, all kinds of stuff. I love seeing that stuff. So what was your uh, final project? Ours was rehabilitating uh, a lot of structures and tables in a uh, in a park, in the picnic grounds of our town park. A lot of the tables were covered with graffiti and had staples and chewing gum and things like that all over oh, them. Man. And And so we rehabilitated the tables. We sanded all the graffiti off, put a fresh coat of stain on them, pulled all the tacks and staples and whatnot off of it. And Unbelievable what people do, but hey. And we uh, put a fresh coat of stain on the pavilion. Uh, We cleaned out all the the bugs out of the light fixtures. And uh, we finished the project a little early and I still needed hours. So we added on uh, redoing all the uh, benches along the swimming pool too. Oh, nice. 
Very nice. Well, listen, is that what led you? Because I know before we get into this Potomac Heritage Trail, you've also done some section hiking on the Appalachian Trail. So is that what kind of progressed you forward to do some section hiking on the AT? Pretty much, yeah. I was kind of put uh, ingrained in me a a love of camping as well as that's what our, our family vacations always were growing up too. And it was the love of camping that led me to wander off into the woods when I was in college. Uh, and plus, the orientation program at my college was a backpacking trip uh, into the Monongahela National Forest. And so we would. Well, I'm glad uh, you can pronounce that because I don't think I've ever been <laughs> able to. So <laughs> I've seen that sign and I'm like, okay, whatever. I can't say it. <laughs> all right. So say that again, Vince. So we all know now. <laughs> uh, it's the Monongahela National For- Forest. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but my college was uh, located right on the edge of the National Forest. And so on weekends, uh, I would go out camping uh, when it wasn't snowing. <laughs> I would go out into the uh, out into the woods uh, and camp out there, uh, just find random spots in the forest uh, to camp. Then uh, my senior year, I volunteered as a leader for uh, that orientation trip. And we did a three-day hike uh, out, out there. And that was so much fun to leading a group of people and uh, being a, on a on a three-day hike and that's where I learned about backpacking stoves and things like that and because before that I was just uh, cowboy camping and <laughs> <laughs> you might be the only one in West Virginia cowboy camping okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, that I an interest in the Appalachian Trail kind of just started inching into me uh, especially after one of my uh, bike trips on the CNO Canal. I saw those uh, white blazes and uh, on that stretch between Harper between Harper's Ferry and Brunswick. And those so, white blazes. I don't know what it is, but they do something <laughs> to you, don't they? I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think they're <laughs> every one of them. When I see one, I'm like, yes, white blazes. <laughs> I spent that whole winter uh, researching the Appalachian Trail and uh, wishing that I didn't have a job so I could go do it. <laughs> <laughs> So listen, so what um, sections have you done on the AT? Some in Maryland, some in Pennsylvania? Uh, I've uh, hiked from Harper's Ferry National Park. Uh, I I started uh, kind of right at the uh, Shenandoah River Bridge and hiked to uh, PA Route 16 at Blue Ridge Summit, Pennsylvania, near Waynesboro. And then I went back just this summer uh, and Continued uh, kind of where we left off, uh, except I started at Penmar Park because the parking was easier there, and uh, we hiked to Pine Grove Furnace. So nice, and that's a nice rocky hike, huh? Oh yeah, that first uh, <laughs> that first section of PA with the, uh, but the uh, in Maryland was a lot more rockier than I expected it to be. I know. I don't know. There's a myth out there about Maryland. Oh, it's all flat. You could do the four state challenge and it's all dirt path, no roots, no rocks. And I'm like, eh, no, that's kind of not the way it is, but Hey, yeah, it took me a couple of attempts to do uh, the Maryland section. Uh, Cause we were exhausted by the time we got to the Ed Garvey shelter and yeah, that was uh, a wrap. Yeah. And uh, then the, uh, a thunderstorm rolled in and uh, we got a late start the next day and a friend of ours shuttled us uh, to the Wolfsville Road trailhead, and I had to come back a couple of years later and finish the section between uh, Gathlin State Park and uh, Wolfsville Road. And that is a beautiful section, so oh, I'm yeah, glad that, you uh, were able to get back and do that. Yeah, I was, I was happy to do that section. So you do something really unique and interesting, Vince, I think. So you told me you have a hiking year. And then the next year is a biking year because you're into section hiking and I call it section biking. I don't know if there's a word for it. So tell us a little bit about why, why that is, why hiking one year, why biking the next year? And do you like one more than the other? I like them about equal because basically the, the bike gets me a little further than hiking would, but then I like the slow pace of the hiking. So, uh, it's so that's why I kind of divide up the time between them. I, I do two years of hiking and then I do a year of uh, biking because the bike trips have to be a, a week long to uh, for the because of the longer distance and the because uh, I try to do the entire uh, the entire trail at a t- uh, time for the Sino Canal and uh, Great Allegheny Passage uh, between Pittsburgh and DC. 
because uh, pretty much in the middle of all that, there isn't much places to uh, get off. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads us into, okay, we got to, Vince and I have to tell you guys a story of, of how all this started. So it was probably three or four months ago now. Um, I put out, um, I think I said on the podcast, I'm trying to have section hikers on uh, eventually for all 11 National Scenic Trails. And then I put something out on my Instagram. I think uh, I needed the uh, Natchez Trace, Potomac Heritage Trail, the New England Trail, and the Arizona Trail at the time. And uh, Vince, you sent me a, a uh, I don't know what to call the uh, DM. It was like, I think I've done this. I'll have to, uh, if you want somebody <laughs> to talk about it, I think I've done it. So tell us your side of the story. Uh, yeah, I was listening to your podcast. I, I'm about three months behind on all my podcasts now because of COVID because I listen to it while I'm in the car driving for work. Vince, so, it's time to catch up. Okay. I know I've been trying to catch up. It <laughs> seems as soon as I feel like I'm catching up, then I have a day off. And <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I, I was listening to the, uh, the episode where you, you mentioned that at the end of the episode and I thought, where have I heard Potomac heritage trail before? And so I Googled it and said, Oh, I know that trail. I've been on that trail. I've, <laughs> I've hiked the Laurel Highlands Trail, and I've ridden my bike from the Ohio pile to uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, the only parts I haven't really done of it are those little uh, spider web parts uh, to the east of D.C. and uh, the Virginia side of the trail. So- and from what I can – okay, so – Vince, you know, sent me a little note and he and I had a conversation and then I went to work on researching and investigating about this trail. And this National Scenic Trail is very unique. And I hope that Vince and I explain this to you guys how this works, because I have a feeling that a lot of you on the East Coast have probably been on the Potomac Heritage Trail and have collected miles on this trail and may not know it. So you're going to have to help me out, Vince. From what I'm learning, the total mileage of the Potomac Heritage Trail is 710 miles. And you've completed about half of that or a little more than half of that. Uh, Yeah, because I've done pretty much, I've ridden almost the entire length of the uh, Potomac River itself. And I've I've done the uh, Laurel Highlands Trail, like I said, which is 70 miles and the 73 miles from the end of that uh, by bike to Cumberland, Maryland. And I've done the whole 184 and a half uh, miles of the CNO Canal towpath. So in the show notes, everybody, I have um, a link to a mapping system of the Potomac Heritage Trail, because as soon as I pull up this mapping system, it makes sense to me because I can see the whole picture and you guys may want to go to the website and do that as well. So let's try to break this down. So this trail is not its own trail. It's a network of trails that encompass the Potomac Heritage National Scenic Trail. And interestingly enough, it's managed by the National Park Service because a lot of the information I found out was from the National Park Service. And, you know, they source out uh, the various trail organizations or clubs that encompass this network of trails. And from what I'm gathering, Vince, you can tell me if I'm wrong, or maybe we've learned this together. It's kind of broken down into four different areas of trails, the Laurel Highlands. And a lot of you have probably heard of the Laurel Highlands Trail, which is 70 miles. And Vince, you've done all of that, correct? Uh, Yeah, my brother and sister and I uh, through hiked it. uh, Let me look at my notes here in 2015. So that trail, where is the Laurel Highlands Trail? Is that in Pennsylvania? Uh, yeah, it's completely in Pennsylvania. Uh, it's in Western Pennsylvania on the Pittsburgh end of the state. It goes uh, from uh, Seward, Pennsylvania near Johnstown uh, all the now way to Now does it run east to west or north to south? North to south. Okay. Uh, which actually, I guess it's technically south to north because the miles count up uh, uh, towards the uh, the miles milepost seventy is up uh, in Seward, and milepost zero is down in uh, is down in Ohio pile. Okay, so that makes sense. So south to north, so zero to seventy. So give us yeah. some of the highlights of the Laurel Highlands Trail. Uh, well, it's a pretty neat trail. If you've ever driven on the uh, Pennsylvania Turnpike, uh, you actually go underneath of uh, a bridge where it crosses over, uh, and it'll actually say Laurel Highlands Hiking Trail. 
up on the uh, side of the bridge. That's how I first learned of that trail. <laughs> Vince, you got a pattern here. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Who uh, knows? I've probably been by it and have no idea. Probably because for years it just had like a chain, a chain link fenced uh, little bridge going across it with no sign at all. And they replaced it uh, like a few years before I did the hike. So that must have been a hiking year, right? Because that was all on yeah. foot. And then it breaks down um, in this, what they call the Great Allegheny Passage. And within the passage network of trails, all right, everybody, do you, if you have the map up, you'll know what I'm talking about at this point. So there's the, Great Allegheny Passage, which is a rail trail, the Eastern Continental Divide Loop, which I'm assuming is a biking trail, and then the CNO towpath, which everybody knows as the CNO or the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal towpath. And then there's something within this called the Civil War Defenses of Washington Trail. And I'm like, where did that come from? So <laughs> of this Great Allegheny Passage of what they're calling Talk to us about because I know you've done. Have you done the all of the CNO towpath? Uh, yes, I've ridden all of the CNO towpath. Uh, one of these years, I'd like to ride the whole thing all in one go. Something always happens where I can't get the whole CNO done in one in one trip. But uh, one year it was a broken spoke on my uh, on my rear wheel. Oh uh, no! Another year it was the first three days of the trip was all rain and uh, uh. it slowed down our pace from uh, our usual eight to ten miles per hour to uh, almost a walking speed. So, oh wow! Yeah. On the bike, right? a full yeah. pack bike. Yeah, and a couple of times my bike slid in the mud and almost went in the canal. So oh, no. <laughs> and, I don't know why I'm laughing, but uh, Venture laughed uh, too. So yeah, it's it's always you can always laugh at it after the fact. <laughs> exactly, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, and there was even a part of the trail which uh, the the Potomac River was actually over the trail during that trip. It was actually at a flood stage because of all the rain. Oh wow! So talk to us a little bit about um, when you're bike packing. I mean, I know you obviously you have all your gear to spend the night out. How is it uh, with finding places to tent and water and things like that? The Great Allegheny Passage is harder than the CNO. Uh, because it's it travels through a lot of private land so you have to rely on camp there's campsites on the pittsburgh end of the trail but south of ohio pile you have to rely on uh on private campgrounds uh to camp along the way but once you're on the cno canal towpath every five or so miles is a uh, hiker biker campsite oh wow that is great yeah, and they have a they have an iodized uh, pump. Uh, they have a porta potty and a fire ring and picnic table at each one. So, well, let's not tell anybody about that. We don't want any of that stuff to be overcrowded. <laughs> we want to keep that little secret all to ourselves. <laughs> I I heard that this year due to COVID, they had all the porta johns uh, zip tied closed, and the uh, and the pump handles were all off the pumps. Well, I mean, that doesn't surprise me because, yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do with COVID. So that doesn't surprise me. Now, do you know anything about the Civil War defenses of Washington Trail? Uh, no, I, I learned about it at about the same time as you. So. <laughs> Vince, we're doing pretty good here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, this trail, and as, as people look at the map, it's you'll see what we're talking about. We're laughing about it and everything, but uh, it, it it's... It's confusing until you look at the map. So then there's this Southern Maryland bicycling route. Have you been on that portion of the Potomac Heritage Trail? I may have walked on some of it uh, when vacationing in the in Eastern Maryland, but uh, I've never actually uh, biked on any of it. So. so it's waiting for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I know earlier there's the Northern Virginia portion, and you were looking forward to getting out on that. Yeah, I'm going to try to do a part of that uh, uh, from probably about the chain bridge into D.C. Uh, because uh, I, uh, I always park my uh, car at uh, Great Falls if I'm going to be uh, starting or ending in the D.C. end. And that way I can uh, just take the it's only 14 miles out of D.C. And it's a lot cheaper to park my car there than to any of the garages in D.C. for a week. Oh, so. I bet. I bet that is crazy prices. Yeah. I can't even imagine what those prices are. And that's a good tip, too, for people, you know, that might be interested in that. I mean, the parking cannot be easy. Yeah. Uh, and, and this way I can uh, 
get a shuttle or take Amtrak to the other end of the trail in Pittsburgh and uh, and then just kind of ride back to my car. But something I thought of doing this time is uh, just riding the Virginia section into D.C. And then when I go back to Pittsburgh and come back, I'll maybe dump some of my gear in the car and then ride the rest of the way into D.C. on the C&O and then come back the next day after maybe staying in the hostel in the city and come back to my car the next day and drive home. But that sounds like re- that sounds like a really good plan. Yeah. Uh, now, the, what's a hostel in D.C. like? Have you? It sounded like you've stayed there before. Uh, yeah, I've stayed there before. It's uh, the Hosteling International. Uh, it's, jeez, uh, I don't even remember what street it's on in D.C., but it's easy biking uh, in D.C. They have nice bike lanes, and uh, you just have to watch out for buses that randomly cross over the Well, that bike would lane. be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, but the uh, hostel is, uh, it's a tall building. Uh, it's your typical hostel with multiple bunk beds in a, in a room and lockers and uh, and then shared bathrooms down the hall uh, for everybody on that floor. But since it's in D.C., it's a tall building and with multiple floors of uh, of uh, rooms. And then they, cool. have a, they have a common room downstairs with uh, the kitchen and they have like a continental breakfast in there in the mornings. Nice. Very nice. So, okay, the last part, Ed, I think you called it a spider web or a spider network of trails. The DE, the DE, the DC area network of trails, there are, to me, it just looks like several routes that go through the DC area. Any interest in completing all of those? I'm not sure if I will try to complete them, but they're there. So, uh, And maybe once I have this goal of finally getting the whole CNO done in one go, uh, that could be a future future endeavor to try to catch the rest of the uh, Potomac uh, Heritage Trails. So, and now that we've totally confused everybody, let's uh, recap on this. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the Potomac Heritage Trail is a network of trails that encompasses the Laurel Highlands area, um, the Great Allegheny Passage. Maryland, the Southern Maryland bicycle route, Northern Virginia, and then there's a DC network of trails. So basically it's uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland, Virginia, and DC. Those are all four of the areas that the trail goes through. Am I missing anything? I think you got it there. All right. Perfect. (laughs) Vince is shaking his head convincingly. Yes, you got it. So walk us through, just so we kind of get an idea, maybe what years you hit particular areas. I know you sent me, I'll I'll call it a hiking resume, so to speak. Uh, Like in 2003, you did some of the Great Allegheny Passage. You did 73 miles by bike. So kind of walk us through exactly what you've done. Well, uh, 2003 was the year I graduated college. So I wanted to uh, do something that summer. And uh, I'd been eyeballing the Great Allegheny Passage for a while because of of the camping along the Yakagani uh, and river rafting. I knew about the trail from that. And so I looked into it, found out that it was supposed to go all the way from Pittsburgh to Cumberland. At that time, it wasn't uh, technically finished. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I had to uh, do like a bypass over Mount Savage at that time. Uh, and uh, coasted down route 40 into uh into cumberland which my brakes were smoking by the time i got to the- i imagine <laughs> but uh i was able to roll right out of my apartment uh because i lived in the pittsburgh area at that time and hit the trail and then go all the way to cumberland because uh, other than that one section there at the at the end the trail was mostly done and had been established for a while and then I did the opposite direction uh, in 2006. Uh, I did Cumberland to uh, to Pittsburgh. I, I went all the way into downtown Pittsburgh and had to do road detours on the Pittsburgh side because it wasn't done in the Pittsburgh side yet. But, <laughs> and just but so it, everybody knows, this is all on your bike packing this, correct? Yeah. 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 I had fully loaded. At that time, it was like bikes from uh, Toys R Us or Walmart and whatnot. That, uh, oh, was, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that first uh, that first trip in 2003, my pedal actually fell off in Myersdale. Oh my, Vince! I saw a rattlesnake <laughs> on the trail, and uh, it started rattling at me because I, I thought it was just a pile of sticks that I, I that I hit with my bike. And suddenly, the pile of sticks started rattling, oh, and no. I pedaled harder than I ever pedaled before, and the pedal came off. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, when, when you get done explaining what you've done, <laughs> I feel there's more stories to come. Oh, I do yeah. want to, before I let you go, I want to talk about your gear hiking versus biking, but let's get back. I think what's 2009 you wrote on here. Uh, it's the oops ride. What, what did oh. that mean? Well, I had intended to ride from Pittsburgh all the way to DC that year. And in fact, I, I stayed at my uh, sister and brother-in-law's place uh, in Washington, D.C., and because uh, they lived in Georgetown at that time. And I hired a shuttle that was going to come pick me up and take me to the Pittsburgh again. And I was going to ride all the way back uh, to where my car was in the D.C. area. I had it parked at a metro station uh, north of the city. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, there wasn't any room in the parking garage for uh, for my brother-in-law and sister-in-law's apartment. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I spent like half the morning uh, waiting for the shuttle to arrive. And I eventually called them and said, oh, all right, what's your ETA? When are you coming? And they told me that the uh, shuttle driver was driving down I-68 and a truck carrying rocks in front of him had a boulder suddenly fall out of the back of the truck and smash his hood the hood oh, of his wow. car and uh and he, he wasn't was, coming <laughs> yeah he was they didn't have any way of contacting me uh so i because uh, they didn't bother to ask me my phone number when i set up the reservation okay. and <laughs> so i i then uh rode my bike back to the metro station got up uh then took the metro back into the suburbs and drove then decided well i'm going to drive to myersdale and i'm going to try to salvage some of this i'll do a loop uh from Myersdale to Hancock and then come back to Myersdale again. I got, uh, I started riding from Myersdale. I got uh, maybe two or three miles in and got a flat tire. I, which I was prepared for that. I carry a pump and a, and a patch kit. So I patched up the tire, pumped it back up with air and continued riding. I went through a big savage tunnel and, and after crossing the Eastern continental divide, uh, and I suddenly heard that pop and hiss again oh. and did the same thing, fixed the tire, but I used my last patch that time. And uh, about uh, a few minutes later, I came to the Mason Dixon line. I, I actually pulled out my uh, little camera and was recording. And as I was uh, going across the Mason Dixon line, the second I crossed into Maryland, I heard the pop and hiss again. Oh, and at that point, I just, uh, set my bike down on the Mason Dixon line and set up camp there for the night. Cause it was already sunset and, and called I, it a night. You yeah. Know, it. <laughs> and You'd already been through it that day. Vince. <laughs> and, and the next morning, surprisingly enough, the uh, sheriff of Cumberland was up there, uh, up on the mountain on an ATV going Turkey hunting. And <laughs> he had an air, he had an air compressor in, in his ATV. And I put my spare tube into the bike then. And he filled that up. And I, and I said, okay, I'm going to try to salvage this trip some more. I, I, you know I, what, Vince? Even on the Potomac Heritage Trail, the trail provides. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, and uh, I should have stopped in Cumberland, and but instead I kept going, and I, uh, I went to the hike, the next hiker bike, the first hiker biker site into uh, onto the CNO, and I was still going to try to get to uh, Hancock and come back. Uh, and so I spent the night uh, at the hiker biker site. The next morning, I come out to my bike and the tire is flat again. Vince, it's time to get a new bike or a new tire or something. Yeah, I rode it back into Cumberland and took it to a bike shop there. And the guy, uh, the guy fixed up the tire and uh, put a new rim strip into it. Uh, told me my seat was too low and got that adjusted for me too. And uh, and he said this bike is going to eventually cause you another flat. Uh, how far were you going to go? And I said Hancock. And he says. Well, there's no bike shops between here and Hancock, so that might not be a good idea. And he gave me a lift up to Frostburg. I spent the night at the campground there, and then I rode back to Myersdale where my car was the next day. And <laughs> I got to tell you, Vince, the trail took care of you. I, oh, I got to yeah. tell you. <laughs> I mean, you've got, that's a story. Yeah, and with the sheriff uh, and the, and plus the bike shop owner giving me a ride to, uh, I don't know if I should tell the story of our drive uh, from Cumberland up to, uh, up, back up to Frostburg or not, but the bike shop owner has a little dog that sits in the middle. Oh, the middle no, of the I don't, if it's bad, I don't want to hear no, it. It's, oh, it's, <laughs> good, it's not going to be that type of story. If something happens to the dog, don't say it, Vince. Don't do oh, it. This guy, likes to, this guy likes to speed, and he just suddenly says to his dog, I can't remember the dog's name, but he just says to the dog, all right, be on alert for the police. 
and the little dog suddenly look, looks forward and starts looking left and right. Uh, Are you and then, serious? And then he gives a yip at one point, and suddenly the uh, the uh, the bike shop owner downshifts his truck, and we slow down at back to fifty five. And sure enough, there's a speed trap up ahead. I can't, I can't with this story, Vince. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Your story might top the cake of all stories on the, on the Jester Section Hiker Podcast. <laughs> I can't. Hey, but you know what? Dogs can be trained. That's all. Oh, yeah. but that's, Dogs can do a lot. <laughs> but that's and the Oops ride, though. And after that ride, I I got a I got a much better bike. Uh, I used uh, some of my dividend from REI that year and and bought a. A, a nice bike from their REI outlet. And, Good decision, Vince. Good yeah. decision. So I, I used that for many years before I, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, in 2019, I built my own bike. So Oh, okay. So we got to talk about that. All right. So we're going to get through this. Uh, so 2010, you rode your bike. 2013, you rode your bike. Mm-hmm. 15, we've talked about this. You did the Laurel Highlands portion, the 70 miles on foot. 2016, um, you went from Washington, D.C. to Great Falls. So you have done a total of 327.5 miles on the Potomac Heritage Trail. So congratulations on that, Vince. Job thank well you. done. And thank you for figuring out that you have been on this trail. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we can get it out there because I bet a lot of people, um, they might bike the CNO or, you know, have been on the Laurel Highlands and I know there's two places where if you are hiking the Appalachian Trail, if you've been out on your section hikes, where you have possibly been on the Potomac Heritage Trail, that is in Harper's Ferry. And then where it crosses, where, uh, is it the Tuscarora? Does it go near the Tuscarora Trail? I, can't, I, think, I think it crosses, so. yes. Because it's um, uh, The CNO path crosses the Tuscarora Trail as well. Yeah, I believe so. I've learned that in all my map. Um, <laughs> all of my uh, uh, memorizing of the Potomac Heritage Trail mapping system. So, and the AT is actually part of that, I guess, if you think about it, because it follows the CNO Canal towpath out of Harper's Ferry uh, to before it starts to climb again up uh, to Weaverton Cliffs. Well, there you go. A lot of people have been on it and probably didn't pay much attention. Um, and I know exactly where, where it turns off there. You kind of cross railroad tracks, I think, yeah. across the road and up to Weaverton Cliff. So there you have it. So let's get into this, your hiking gear versus your biking gear. And you said something to me before we started uh, recording, because um, I was asking you, you know, what's the difference? Do you carry both sets of gear? So go into that a little bit for us. Most of my gear is the same. I use the same sleep system. Uh, I have uh, a hammock uh, from Dutchware and uh, the quilts that go along with that, and the bug net and the uh, and the tarp. Uh, and then, uh, so are you a hammocker as well when you're hiking? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, right. I used to I used to do uh, a tent, but then I somehow accidentally stumbled into hammocks and got. So much better night's sleep in that than I did on the ground. So that's what I have heard. That's what everybody says. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid to go and get in a hammock and have a good night's sleep because I don't think I'll ever go back to a tent. So, but I am <laughs> extremely interested. So that's interesting. Okay, continue on. Uh so I have the same sleep system I use for hiking, uh, same electronics that I bring for phone, except for the, the bike has I have the GPS uh, unit for the bike that tracks the and tracks the ride. Uh, for hiking, I use my watch instead, but, <laughs> uh, and, uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm sure clothing is probably a little bit different. You got your bike clothes versus your hike. Yeah. Clothes. All my hiking clothes are actually what I use as my camp clothes, uh, when I'm biking. So there you go. And is there, do you bring like any, I would imagine with biking, you might bring more stuff. Uh, yes. For my cook kit. I bring more for that and I bring a little bit more food and more raw ingredients instead of my dehydrated stuff I bring for, uh, for, for backpacking. So I actually bring a uh, whisper light stove instead of using my alcohol stove or a, or a jet, a little, uh, not jet boil with the little MSR, uh, pocket rocket. That's oh, what it's pocket called. Rocket, yeah. So I bring the, I bring the whole huge whisper light with the, the liquid fuel can and everything, uh, for that and what about like rain gear like is the rain gear the same i mean i mean yeah, i mean if you're riding yeah. on your bike and it's pouring down the rain i mean you're probably going to put your rain gear on whether it's summer or not right 
Yeah, I have uh, the same. Uh, I have an outdoor research uh, rain jacket with the pit zips and everything, and I I wear it hiking or biking. Uh, so it's the same same rain gear for that. Uh, and then my bike has uh, four uh, waterproof uh, panniers on it, so uh, right. for carrying all the uh, carrying all my gear. And I'm going to put a picture of your bike in the show notes because that thing is decked out. It is. De- it looks nice, and you got a nice seat on it. Mm-hmm. And you built that, right? Yeah, the uh, blue one is the one I built, uh, or the dark blue one is the one I built, because there was a brown one I had there intermittently from REI. Yeah, get rid of that REI thing. Tell us about <laughs> why did what made you want to build your own bike? I I just well, first of all, the REI bike, since it was a clearance model, it was never the really the right size for me. So it sometimes I would get uh, pain in, in my shoulders from reaching too far for the for it. And, and I was getting pain, some pain in my knees from it. And I realized it's probably because this thing's not the right size. Mm-hmm. And so I had myself measured and everything and ordered a frame from a bike shop in Missouri that, that uh, shipped it out to me. And then I took most of the components from that REI bike and moved them over, upgrading some of them, like putting a little bit better gearing on and things like that and and new chains and uh, new cables and stuff. And I imagine in the biking world, just like the hiking world, you can go down a rabbit hole with gear real quick, oh, yeah. <laughs> real quick. And talk to me, cause I know a biking seat is vitally important yes. and I cannot remember the name. You have a leather seat on there and I cannot remember the name of it. Uh, mine's a Brooks leather, a Brooks leather seat. So yes, those are, you have to break those in, I guess, is what yeah, I'm trying to say. But once they're about 100 broken, miles, uh, and then the next thing you know, it's the most comfortable seat that you've ever ridden on. So, yeah, I noticed that seat because uh, my dad lives in Ohio, and there are rails to trails, uh, access points where you could ride your bike, no traffic. And the first time I saw one of those bike seats, I was like, "What is that, Dad?" And he was like, "Oh, this is the best thing you can buy." So that's when I was introduced to it. So when yeah. I saw that on your bike, I was like. All right, Vince knows what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Vince, um, awesome. And this has been an awesome conversation. And I hope people have gotten a little taste of the Potomac Heritage Trail. And they've probably been out on it. And in all seriousness, I do recommend that everybody go to the National Park Service website. They have an awesome mapping system where you can see how all the trails interconnect. You can see they actually have the Appalachian Trail on the map. So you can kind of see where where the Appalachian Trail is versus the Potomac Heritage Trail network of trails. So thank you, Vince. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And now I think we've come to an awesome point where Vince is going to sign off for us and uh, Vince, I don't know if you're going to read a journal entry statement or a quote, but whenever you are ready. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to read a letter that was uh, an editorial uh, or written in response to an editorial in the Washington Post uh, by uh, Justice uh, William O. Douglas uh, on January nineteenth, nineteen fifty four. The uh, it was in response because the editorial was uh, supporting the uh, federal government's idea to pave over the CNO Canal towpath and turn it into what they were going to call the CNO uh, or the, the Potomac Parkway, uh, which was going to be a, a two-lane uh, highway from uh, Washington D.C. to uh, Cumberland, Maryland, similar to like the Blue Ridge Parkway or the uh, or Skyline Drive. Uh, so this was his response uh, to them. And it's actually the uh, what kind of started the uh, CNO Canal being preserved as a National Historic Park. The discussion concerning the construction of a parkway along the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal arouses many people, fishermen, hunters, hikers, campers, ornithologists, and others who like to get acquainted with nature firsthand and on their own, are opposed to making a highway out of this sanctuary. The stretch of 185 miles from Washington, D.C. to Cumberland, Maryland, is one of the most fascinating and picturesque in the nation. The river and its islands are part of its charm. The cliffs and the streams and the draws, the beaches, the swamps are another part. The birds and game, the blaze of color in the spring and fall, the cattails in the swamp, the blush of buds in late winter, these are also some of the glory of this place. In the early 20s, 
Mr. Justice Brandius traveled the canal and river by canoe to Cumberland. It was for him exciting adventure and recreation. Hundreds of us still use the sanctuary for hiking and camping. It is a refuge, a place of retreat, a long stretch of quiet and peace at the Capitol's back door, a wilderness area where we can commune with God and with nature, a place not yet marred by the roar of wheels and the sound of horns. It is a place for boys and girls, men and women. One can hike 15 or 20 miles on a Sunday afternoon or sleep on high dry ground in the quiet of a forest or just go and sit with no sound except water lapping at one's feet. It is a sanctuary for everyone who loves woods, a sanctuary that would be utterly destroyed by a fine two-lane highway. I wish the man who wrote your editorial of January 3rd, 1954, approving the parkway, would take time off and come with me. We would go with packs on our backs and walk the 185 miles to Cumberland. I feel that if your editor did, he would return a new man and use the power of your great editorial page to help keep the sanctuary untouched. One who walked the canal its full length could plead the cause with the eloquence of a John Muir. He would get to know the muskrats, badgers, and fox. He would hear the roar of wind in the thickets. He would see strange islands and promontories through the fantasy of fog. He would discover the glory there is in the first flower of spring, the glory there is even in a blade of grass. The whistling of wings of ducks would make silence have new values for him. Certain it is that he could never acquire that understanding going 60 or even 25 miles per hour. Wow. Vince, thank you very much for reading that. And I really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. All right. Thank you for having me. So, all right, you guys, uh, Vince and I, you guys thought you were done with us, but after Vince got done with his reading, we continued talking and Vince has actually been out on a day hike on the New England National Scenic Trail. So Vince, I, I might need to get you an administrative assistant <laughs> so, you can, <laughs> so you can keep up with all this stuff. So real quick, just talk to us about that. Well, I was uh, just this this spring, I was uh, back in March, I was in Connecticut, uh, up in uh, Windsor, Connecticut for training for work. And uh, on the weekend, since COVID had happened, uh, uh, a lot of places were shutting down and I didn't want to travel into Hartford uh, like I was planning to do. So I had brought my hiking boots with me and uh, decided to go on a day hike and saw that there was mountains nearby and uh, a trail. And uh Vince, uh, you're killing me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I just I, I picked a trailhead and started walking on what uh, I thought was called the Metacomet Trail, and uh, I walked. I did basically an out and back on it. And I walked up and then walked back to to my car, which I think I have photos of it on my uh, on my Instagram. Yeah, we need proof, Vince. We need proof. <laughs> and when I when I got back to my hotel room, I. Uh, I thought, well, what is this Metacomet trail? Because it was nicely blazed. It was a really nice trail. And so I Googled it and found out it was part of a trail called the New England Trail. So, All right. Well, I think we can add that to the list. And the reason I'm saying that is you just told me before we brought, before I brought you back on that you want to continue kind of section hiking that National Scenic Trail as well. Yeah, that's one of my uh, bucket list things, too, is to one day hike all of the New England Trail. Because I think it goes from, uh, uh, if I, see if I can try to remember. I think it goes oh, from boy, here Island, we go, everybody. <laughs> Long Island Sound up to uh, the Massachusetts border, I think, or a little bit north of the Massachusetts border. And so, I think it's around 200. Now, I might be totally off, but I'll look this up before I uh, give you guys my uh, <laughs> closing remarks. This is going to be a good one. I feel like it's around 275 miles, but who knows? I might be way off on that. But all right. So, Vince. You've said it here. You're going to get out and start section hiking that trail as well. So, all right, everybody. Uh, Vince and I will try to, uh, <laughs> 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 or I don't know. After after we hang up here, I might find out more that Vince is doing. So, thanks again, Vince. Really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Thank you. <laughs> what a great interview and reading to close out the show from Vince. 
Thanks for reaching out to me, Vince, and sharing your journey on the Potomac Heritage Trail with all of us. If any of you, or if you all know anyone out section hiking the Arizona Trail or the Natchez Trace, please send me an email to jester at jestersectionhiker.com. The podcast has now had guests covering nine of the 11 National Scenic Trails. That is really awesome. As always, all of the information, resources, and pictures from today's episode can be found in the show notes at hikingradionetwork.com. If you like what we do here at the network, please consider a donation to your favorite show and leave us a review. Each donation and review truly makes a difference in what we do. Until next week, thanks for listening, everybody, and happy section hiking. I'm wondering if you'd go wandering with me Through the wilderness and woods To where the winds are blowing free Through the darkness of the night Heading toward the morning light I wonder if you'd wander with me And I'll spread the word And you beat the drum We'll round up the truth Get the gang to come And we'll leave the streets And these neighborhoods Head over the river And through the woods You're wondering if I go Wandering with you What kind of trouble We'll get ourselves into Would it be wrong to tag along With a band of vagabonds You wonder if I'd wander with you So I'll spread the word And you beat the drum We'll round up the troops And get the gang to come And we'll leave the streets And these neighborhoods Head over the river I'm wondering if you'd come wandering my way If you ever get lost or if the trail leads you astray The music of the pack can always bring you back I wonder, can we wander away? And I'll spread the word and you beat the drum Round up the truth And we'll leave the streets and these neighborhoods Head over the river and through the woods Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.